Hi, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about Ukraine. Now, first off, I have to make a disclaimer. We're Americans, so we don't know a damn thing about history. And we don't know anything. Like, we just know America good, Russia bad. Yeah. And then outside of that, we got nothing. So, you got to work with us a tiny bit. But... We did do a little bit of research, and we might be able to take you down some kind of timeline. Just be forgiving and feel free to head to the uh, Prepping Badass Facebook group and, you know, correct our history if you want. Because I understand the rest of the world, you got a better education than we did. You don't have to throw it in our faces. As far as you Americans, everything we say is true and just go with it because you won't know the difference anyway. So. You know that that sounds about right. I think fair I've, enough. I've captured the uh, the disclaimer. All right. So imagine there was this big evil USSR. Who knows what happened up to there? Who knows when you know the Warsaw Act in nineteen ninety something like that happens? Things kind of you know come together there. Like Berlin Wall comes down, 89, 90, Warsaw Act, and then things come together. All right. So all of a sudden, Ukraine, happy, no idea about what's going on over there till 2014, because that's about when things start to get ugly. 2014, the US or Russia takes over Crimea. And that's where it all kind of falls apart. Now, the Ukraine people have kind of been at war with Russia, kind of, since 2014. Right. I mean, bullets are flying back and forth, all right? But what it is is you have Russian separatists, which are Russian people or people who are loyal to Russia, And who are in the Ukraine and are fighting, trying to take Ukraine for Russia. Then we've had these rogue militias, they're called. Now, they're Ukrainians, and Putin and other people would describe them as neo-Nazis, a lot of them. Basically... I, my experience has been, and, and this is, I, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but people who have that angst, think punks in the 90s and 80s. Mm. Yeah, that that's who you got out there fighting. You got people who are like, what the fuck? I'm going to go do something and I'm going to make this right. And that's what you end up with. And that's uh, that that's these rogue militias. These are guys who a lot of them are neo-Nazis maybe, or at least that's what people are were calling them. Definitely that's what Putin's calling them. And they're, they're just angry out there fighting for their country and doing what they think is right. So it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Like, believe it or not, when people think of Nazis, they think of pro-nationalism, which, you know, fits, right? Mm-hmm. And but that's why it's always weird here in America because American national values are kind of different than Nazi values. In America, we definitely think of Nazi as anti-Jew, and right, that's not exactly clear in any of this. So anyway, I, I just had to put that out there because Putin's going to come back and and try and use that for reasons for his invasion. So we we have to, you know work through it a little bit. Now, basically, NATO said, hey, Ukraine, if you ever want to join NATO and be cool, then you need to be in control of your armies and you can't have rogue people out fighting. So this is where it gets touchy. So Ukraine has all these civilians out there fighting and fight, you know, keeping the the Russian separatists at bay and basically have an active war going on. And it's my understanding that the Ukrainian government, it was even supplying these people with bullets and grenades and whatever. 
not really 100% on that because they seem to have an endless supply. Like they're just mm, right. going and going and, and whatever. <clears throat> and everybody has like, all yeah, the guns and magic. bullets they need right. on both sides for they, some reason. There's no problem for being supplied. They're, you know, they have food, they have everything. And the government's like, yeah, rogue militias. We, now, the idea is because NATO is like, hey, no, if you don't have a clear command army structure, then you can't be part of NATO and you can't join our club. But the problem is the Ukraine can't pull off the whole army constant battle thing, but they can pull off this rogue militia thing. So it's kind of a big wink, wink, nod, nod kind of thing. And they got that going. So that's like where we kind of start with this. And this is building up up to like 2018 and getting more and more involved. And it's just been slowly escalating all this time. At that point, um, oh, actually that was in 2014. It was called the Ukrainian Revolution of Dignity. Which you gotta have a good name for your, you know, war. And I think yeah, that one doesn't it. really roll off the tongue, though. I feel like feel like it could do better, but yeah. But if you said it in Ukrainian, yeah, right. Or if you wrote it, you wrote it in those hardcore letter symbols that they have going. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, here's what they said," translated into English, and they're like, "Glory to Ukraine." And you're like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. Because <laughs> it looks all angry and aggressive. It's the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, all right. So then Putin now. And so Putin says that he's justified because he's only trying to protect Russia. And here's where his weird, twisted justification goes. So I mentioned back to NATO and the Warsaw Act back in 1990. Now, somehow in the discussions, although no treaty, no nothing, I mean, there is the Warsaw Pact, but in the discussions, they said, you know, we'd be willing to do not one inch of expansion east if you let Germany join NATO and kind of come over to our side. And Russia was like, all right, yeah, because we're already beat and we have nothing going on. We're just going to go with that. So now you have all these other countries joining um, NATO, like Czech Republic and and all these others. And basically we told Ukraine, hey, you can join NATO. Now that hasn't happened. They're not a NATO member nation. But we were in negotiations and talks. And Russia was getting a little anxious about it all. And I believe we've even said that, you know, hey, it's going to happen. And, you know, it's just a big, ugly mess. But again, I'm an American. So what could I possibly know? Um, I can't be held accountable for my knowledge of world history. Plus, I don't know if you've seen our news channels, but it's freaking ridiculous. So anyway, with that, he says, you know, with the NATO expansion, that's a real threat to Russia. So basically, you know, we're to blame. Then he also said he's very concerned about all the neo-Nazis and he just doesn't want that kind of uprising so close to home. And since Ukraine won't handle it, he's going to step in and squash it. Now, you've kind of implied that maybe the Russians are, are pro-Nazi. I what because yeah, i well, actually it's... before you even before you even start let me even say i don't know if anybody remembers but germany and russia were like buddies they were like hey let's put all the jews in the camps and we'll each have our own camps and it'll be awesome and mm-hmm. nobody likes to talk about this at least in america we pretend like this never happened but when world right. war ii ended we were like, hey, you know, you got some concentration camps too in Russia. We're good with that. We're just going to pretend that that's not a thing. And you just keep mm-hmm. doing you as long as we can stop the war and be like, yay, America, good. Everything's happy. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of how we ended it. I just had to add that little tidbit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen more than one uh, 
Russian soldier body with tattoo with swastika tattoos on it. It's not uh I don't think that um in Russia and Ukraine they really think of Nazis as the same thing as we think of Nazis. And I don't really understand why. I feel like there's a, a pretty clear understanding and, and history of what Nazis are and, and what they what they tried to do. So whatever it is, um, yeah, a lot of swastikas out there in, in both of these uh, both of these groups. So I don't know how the Russians are, are claiming uh, Ukrainians are Nazis and then you know, multiple soldiers in their armed forces all have uh, swastika tattoos all over them. But, um, you know, whatever, dude, I guess you just make up reasons to go to war and, and, you know, you just want to claim, claim, uh, land and just make up whatever bullshit you want to make up to, to justify it. So what, apparently they're all, they're all drug addicts in Ukraine too, so according to Putin. So, uh, that's another reason, but whatever. So now, now we're, we're in direct conflict, the Ukrainians and the Russians. The Russians have invaded Ukraine, uh, trying to take over shit. And seems like they all like just ran out of ga- gas and like decided to get drunk instead of fighting. And the tanks all just uh, stopped working and all the fucking tires went flat and all the basic maintenance on all their equipment wasn't being done. And all their expensive high-end equipment was not really purchased because the money just went into rich people's pockets. And turns out that Putin had been lied to about really the the quality of his military. And he thought he had a good military, and then it started happening and nothing actually works. So they um, kind of shit their own pants there. Uh, with with their whole invasion, so it's kind of stalled out, and they're they're basically getting sniper fire and and uh, fire from from uh, every every town and village they're in because uh, turns out nobody actually wants Russia to take over their country, and and Putin is just saying that and was he had enough yes men to agree with him and told them that that's what was going to happen. Um, I feel like Putin has been out of touch for a long time. He's just surrounded by a bunch of guys that tell him that agree with what he says. So he thinks he can just say whatever he wants and everybody's going to believe him because that's what happens in his country. Um, but turns out he's a fucking idiot in, in all actuality because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I'm seeing a lot of similarities to some presidents we've had. <laughs> that's what you're saying. I'm just listening to you and I'm like, wait, is he talking about Trump or is he? And then I was like, "Wait, is he is he talking about Biden? Is I I, I didn't I Putin? We're talking about Putin. I mean, right? we keep electing assholes. Like I can't even you know talk shit about Russians. Uh, I mean, Putin wasn't really elected. I mean, yes, he was elected multiple times, but it was on video, you know, showing uh, election officials filling out ballots and the polls opening with with uh, the boxes already full of ballots to." to begin with before anyone even voted and and shit like that so i mean technically he was elected but technically he was people were so excited they (laughs) pre-voted that's right they pre-voted in (laughs) russia (laughs) that's how much they love him Uh uh-huh so what are some immediate consequences we're already dealing with as far as prepping goes in the united states and the rest of the world with this war going on um well one uh you can see it at the gas pump Fuel and ener- energy prices that. are going up. Uh, if you've looked at your electric bill through the roof this this last month and and this month coming up, um, I hope that you're not living paycheck to paycheck because if you were, you're fucked now. Oh, um, that, that doesn't sound good. I well, we've been getting some inflation, but I like to blame uh, COVID on that. So. Uh, Well, no, actually, I love to blame my government just spending money like a drunken fucking sailor. That's Mm -hmm. actually what I like to blame. But, you know. So on top of all that, there's also going to be increases in in fertilizer costs. Uh, Most of the potash and potassium for for fertilizers comes from Russia. Um, So there's going to be increases in food costs because of that. 
Um, there's going to be less planting this year, less, uh, less harvesting this year. So just be prepared. You thought food costs have gone up already. Uh, it's only getting worse. Um, now also because of that, there's going to be a supply bottleneck, um, with, with foods. Uh, same with, uh, travel restrictions due to restricted airspace. Russia's restricting airspace all over Europe. Europe's re- restricting airspace for Russia. Nobody's moving shit back and forth, uh, which is going to only increase the bottlenecks with supply and demand in, in the United States and the rest of the world. Um, then on top of that, the stock market volatility. Everybody's not sure what's going to happen and what's what's coming next. So everybody's shitting their pants and selling all their stocks, buying what they think is going to go up. Things are dropping. Things are going through the roof. Nobody knows what's happening. And so uh, it's freaking everybody out. Um, all this basically what it comes down to, what it, what it means for you and me is that um, your paycheck isn't going to go as far as it did last month. Uh, and it's only going to get worse. So inflation has been going up, but it's not going to get any better. Uh, all this sort of, all this bullshit going on in Europe right now is only going to make things worse than it already was. So, uh, I hope you've been prepping because we're getting to the point where you might have to start using those preps, uh, just to get by. Um, if you haven't been prepping, you need to, you know, maybe stock up on a couple of things right now. Uh, rice, uh, beans, all the stuff that we always talk about, the things that last a long time and the things that you use, buy it now because this might be your last chance to actually get a reasonable price for a lot of these things. Right. A lot of the things, speaking of that, is this stuff just isn't available. You know, like it's, you know, people are like, oh, well, I can find, you know, uh, 556 ammo for 60 cents a round, which is not a good price, my friends. That's not good. And but it's not the same ammo that you were buying before. Now right. it's like, you know, before 10 years ago, seven years ago, about six years ago, maybe six years ago, you would have been like that stuff. Shit. I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this federal ammo for 39 cents around. Right. Well, federal ammo. Yeah. You're not even finding it on the shelf. It's not mm-hmm. in any, you're not buying it at Midway. You're not buying it at Palmetto. You're not buying it online anywhere because it doesn't exist. You know, they, anybody who's got it is paying, you know, a dollar thirty, four dollars, or yeah, dollar thirty or or more around. It doesn't even exist for anybody to buy. So there are so many things. Farm equipment. If I I bought a Land Pride tiller and last year. And I think I ended up getting it for like fifteen hundred, and now you're at like twenty two hundred or twenty four hundred for the same tiller. That's insane. I went to buy stain for my house. I, I have somewhat of a log cabin kind of thing going on, you know, hunkered down in the woods, right? And stain, I priced it out in December at Lowe's. It was one hundred and eighty nine dollars for the five gallon bucket, and I went to buy it this weekend, this past weekend, and it was $229. But we're talking about since December. Mm-hmm. It's not. And, you know, I had the picture in my phone because I had gone back and been to the wife. All right, there's this. Go see if that's what you want and find a color that works with that or whatever. And then I go back and I'm like, wait, I have the picture. It's 189 And I'm like, 220 yeah. It's like, come on. Um Anything I go to buy, though, farm equipment, I just bought a uh, subsoiler. You know, it was, well, yeah, there's five different models that we sell, but you've been waiting three months and we've had zero. This is the first one we have, and it's not the one you want. It's not the price you want, mm-hmm. but you may as well buy that one because that's all you're going to get, and you should just take it and like it. Right. That's not how things used to be in America and that's how things are getting to be. You know, there's a lot of that where, you know, we already went through the big car thing a little while back when, you know, everybody wants to, you know, get a new car or get this and that. And they're like, there are no parts. You need a transmission for your car? Yeah, we don't make that. Just leave it sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you need, you know, this computer board for your truck. Sorry. Yeah, you can't get that. Just leave it sit for a couple of years. And then you can go back to using your truck. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do when you have a $20,000 truck and you're, yeah, I'm just going to leave it parked because I'll just go buy another one. Cause, and then half of it, you can't go buy another one. My buddy was just bragging to me. He's like, yeah, I just bought a new Dodge. And he was like, they told me they were going to start making it in like five days and I was going to have it in, you know, three weeks or something. I don't know, whatever. And he's still waiting. And that was like four months ago. And he's, he paid a deposit for it. I don't know if he's making payments. I don't imagine he is, but I know he put down money so they would start all this and there's no truck. It doesn't exist. And that's, that's a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a crazy world. So you need to kind of prepare for things like this though, for the inaccessibility, um, there is so much stuff. I even, you know, I'd mentioned bullets. I put bullets in the shopping cart and didn't get time because I got distracted with a call and came back a day later and the price had gone up 30 bucks. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. and then I was like, well, it's still the best deal. Yeah. Like, yeah you, but it's, yeah, it's what constant. are you going to do about it? It's day to day though, is my point is mm-hmm. things are going up and they're going up dramatically. So just be kind of prepared for that. And that's why having that stockpile as preppers, you know, having stuff to fall back on that you can count on and consistent to take the edge off and be even. That's why it's important to live within your means and, and yeah. uh, you know, take care of business. So let me ask you a question, Chuck. Is this the beginning of World War Three? Because this is how World War One and World War Two started. You know, small conflicts in in Eastern Europe uh, just start flaring shit up. Um, <clears throat> you know, Czechoslovakia and Poland were were the first invasions uh, by the by the Nazis in the forties. Um, Croatia and uh, Serbia were where where World War One started. I mean, we're right in the same geographical area, and basically. What started out as as small conflicts spiraled into everybody coming in on one side or the other. Um, is this how shit's going to start this year? Ah, uh, this year. Well, I'm hoping. Now, now, my fantasy says Russia says, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm not as badass as I thought." You know, I mean, if all you got left is nukes then it's kind of like, where do I really go? You know what I mean? Because then, yeah, we can have a 10-minute war. I kicked ass. But now my country got nuked too, and now it's kind of awkward. You know, it's it's one of those. um, It's kind of weird because for it to really segue into World War III, well, that would involve other countries, right? If it's just everybody pissed off at Russia, I don't think that goes well for Russia. But... Let me tell you about China. Let me tell you, China had reporters that were actually showing video of what's happening in Ukraine. And they arrested these guys and they charged them as being traitors to their country. And what they were saying is actually that they they are not... I, I guess official Chinese media is basically towing the Russia propaganda line, which is saying that Russia's kicking ass and everything's great and everyone's winning. And China's right in the bag going, yeah, this is what's happening. And anybody who tries to stand up for Ukraine or say, hey, no, Ukraine's holding their own. They're doing pretty good. Now, I, I worry Ukraine is small. I'm not sure that they can you know, stand up to per, the persistence of Russia, but man, it is pretty embarrassing what Russia's, you know, putting out there right now. But I got to say, China comes and steps into the game. Then we got a whole different world over there and things could definitely escalate. Yeah. I think uh, what, what a lot of people are worried about is that other nations are going to see this as their opportunity when everybody's distracted to do the shit that they've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, right now, if, if China invaded Taiwan, which they've been wanting to do for a long time, they've been building up their uh, amphibious assault uh, craft stockpile and um, yes, all that sort of shit. They're getting wound up. 
They've been acting like they're about to go to war for a couple of years. This might be their shot at it. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's definitely true. You know, there's a lot of other countries involved with this uh, already as far as, uh, you know, non-NATO countries, uh, Finland, Sweden, um, Belarus. Uh, every, nobody really knows what the fuck they're, they're going to do if uh, things escalate, you know, beyond this point. Um, I know a lot of Russians are talking about what's the point of a world is existing if Russia doesn't exist in it. Um, you know, justification have, you for know blowing the whole thing up. You know how often I've said that? Yeah, I mean, just blowing the whole shit up. That's that's what they're ba- basically talking about. Um, so what? where does it escalate from here? Basically, uh, what we're looking at is cyber warfare, uh, industrial sabotage, yes. tactical nukes to start with, and then uh, total war from there. Um, total war is, is basically war on not just, uh, the opposing military, uh, but the opposing, uh, countries, civilians as well, because they supply the military. Um, right. There's a lot of justification for destroying entire cities when you start thinking that way. You know, it's biblical. So, you know, God used to be like, go in and and wipe them all out. He would Mm -hmm. be like, don't leave. Sometimes he was like, don't even leave the animals. Mm-hmm. Just, just knock it out. You don't want the women. You don't want the kids. You don't want the animals. Just knock them out. Everybody. So, you know, and those of you who are like, what, that never happened. Read the Old Testament. It's in there. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Um, um, all right. So, but, so well, I'm just, yeah, go ahead. So as we're, we're talking about this, uh, the potential for total war in, you know, World War Three shit going down. Uh, as far as the United States versus the Russian military in Ukraine, that's not really a competition. If the United States decided to invade, um, it would quickly put an end to this this whole shit. Russian the Russian military is embarrassing itself. It's kind of fucking sad. They have all this high tech equipment that doesn't fucking work, and they're looking like a bunch of dumbasses. And their soldiers are all fucking drunk. And, um, you know, it's just just embarrassing. But, but that's not in, what's going to happen. In all fairness, if you lived in Russia, you wouldn't want to be drunk too? <laughs> that's that's very much true. That's very much I mean, much I true. live in America, and I, I'm like, well, why wouldn't I be drinking? You know, yeah. I... It's, yeah. All right, go on. So, so uh, as... Clearly, things are gearing up as far as our um, our cost of living goes in the United States and Europe. Um, what are some things we can do here uh, for ourselves to get prepared and get better ready for uh, for the future here? Um, one of the things I, that we talk about all the time is, is gardening. Um, you might have to move that garden up to a farm, though, this year. It might be time Can to scale up. Can we call it a up. victory garden? Can we call it a victory garden? Yes, indeed. I yeah. love that. World War Three victory garden. That's right. I think I need to put a new plan. Maybe I need to sell it. I need to put together like a twenty nine ninety five package. Mm-hmm. The World War Three victory garden. Do okay, I like it. Uh huh. Put some flags up there. Maybe a little. We support Ukraine on the bottom with a little blue and yellow flag. You like that? Like on the bottom? Yep, yep. And, little sticker. And then maybe maybe some people out, you know, pushing a hoe, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. We're not going to have like tractors and, and things that yeah. use fuel, but we're going to, you know, like an old lady out with the apron and the hoe. Yep. Love yeah. it. I, 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 I'm going to put it together. We're, we're going to make this All happen, right. guys. We're going to put this dream together. So the uh, the, the victory garden. All right. So, anyway, I digress. Now, I kind of took this approach of what you're talking about um, a little bit as what if we were in the position? You know, not all our listeners are in the United States. What if we kind of took the position of what happens if somebody invaded your country, your, your town, your state, your whatever, like these people are, you know, experiencing i mean kiev and kiev they bombed the hell out of that place and russia came in hard you know mm-hmm. and it it's uh you know kind of ridiculous so 
what happens when you live in the world, that world? Like you said, they didn't have a regard for, oh, well, citizens live there. Oh, we'd hurt the general population. And I got to say, I don't think the Chinese look at Americans like that. Like, oh, well, we're not going to hurt American civilians. China's going to look at how do we win? You know, China's not going to look at, at the individual and worry about your family and you getting to the doctor. Um, one, you run the real issue of I, the way, let me, let me just start out with the way I see it playing out. All right. I see China going and uh, saying, hey, let's take out the power grid. I, or at least mess with the power grid as much as they possibly can, right? Um, mm, with cyber one. attacks. I, I think you do run the risk. China is definitely war-gamed in EMP or something like that and just crippling us right out of the gate. They've already put that on the table as something they want to do. They actually put in their national publications that that's what they you know would do in an attack against the U.S. So... We act like, oh, that would never happen. That's not even realistic. Well, mm-hmm. is it? I mean, yeah. it, it's never happened. It wasn't happened realistic that Russia happened. was going to invade Ukraine right. either. Right. It, it never happens until it happens. And then you're like, oh, shit, look at that. That was possible. But then it's too late, you know? So you need to find a way. And there's a real possibility in my mind that China's like, hey, we don't want to come out and be the bad guy, but you know, we could maybe give you some experts and some information that Iran or North Korea could pull off an attack like this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's how you kind of initiate it. And that way they're like, Whoa, they were rogue. But now that you're retaliating, they're our friends and you don't really have any proof. So we're going to have to defend them. And then they can get involved without being the throw the first stone kind of guy. So I think this is something how I see how you could get there. And like I said, I was kind of thinking of like, what do you do when you're in Kiev or somewhere where you're being occupied or whatever, right? So have you ever heard the term spoils of war, right? Soldiers mm-hmm. need food and supply and they come in and take it. They're not especially in a modern world where everybody's kind of living paycheck to paycheck, guess what? A lot of the governments and the militaries are kind of living in that same paycheck to paycheck kind of mentality. They don't have endless bullets and endless, you know, it's not always like people thought, right? You know, we imagine, oh, well, China's just stamping out bullets left and right and whatever, and Russia's got, you know, huge arsenals, and they have that awesome wolf ammo that's so great with the steel case that sucks. And, uh, but, so, you know, there's that. So you think it's there, but they need supplies. And when they roll in, you know, these tanks are running out of fuel. Um, Even logistically, even if China's got huge supplies of gasoline or whatever i have no idea i don't assume they do actually but are you going to transport that to the united states or are you going to roll your stuff over and then assume you're going to get it there well think about that and they're going to shut the stuff down or take it over and so all of a sudden they're out looking for supplies so the first thing i would say as a prepper is find a way to kind of hide your stuff. Um, you need to be able to protect your stuff. And I don't think having the big fancy safe is going to be the real answer at stopping the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you need to find a way to, you know, kind of hide your supplies. Again, if you're in an apartment, you're kind of stuck. I mean, I don't know how you're, you know, you can maybe tuck some stuff up behind that sheetrock board that you can pull out, but you're going to be limited, right? But you need to start getting creative and think of how you can keep your ammo, your weapons, your food. Food is going to be the biggest thing they're going to come looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to keep those kind of things secure. Um, The one thing I watched, you know, watching these guys fighting and defending Ukraine, they had sandbags and actually setting up defensible positions I mean, nobody thought 
that you'd be, you know, in town and you're shooting against freaking Russians in the middle of town. I mean, I kind of feel like I hate to say that because it's Ukraine and I feel like they felt like they were going to be invaded at any time. Right. They knew about these guys, you know, out there, these, these uh, rogue militias, right. They were actually out there doing their thing for a long time. So it kind of is more real for them, but it's one of those things that never happens till it happens. Do you have defensible positions? Do you have a way to secure your house? Do you have a way to make it protected? Do you have somewhere to go? I mean, again, this is, hey, do you live in a city that matters? You know, if I live in the middle of nowhere in a field out in Wyoming, I'm probably not going to get shelling from, you know, five-inch mortars and, and, you know, things like that, right? But if I live in New York City, maybe. You know, if I live in some kind of key, you know, area, would it be impossible to think that the Chinese could, you know, fly some planes over and, uh, you know, drop some bombs? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, am I saying that's right around the corner? No, I don't think so. But like I said, a lot of you guys are all over the place, but you need to start thinking of ways that you can hide and secure your supplies, which is always a good idea for anything. And you need to think of ways to defend it and protect it. You need to think of, do I have real cover against, you know, real, real bullets and real things coming in, you know, hiding behind the sheetrock and plywood maybe won't do it. Um, bullets go through things, it turns out. So these are the steps that I think you need to be taking and thinking about. And basically, like we mentioned earlier, you need to think about the garden you need to think about building up your supplies that you may not be able to get. You need to be aware that prices are going up, but it's not just prices. It's also availability of things. And you need to think of what you really need, what's really important. Maybe not buy the frivolous stuff, but also it's so hard to say because like we have certain things that you want and you're like, yeah, but if I wait next year, that thing's going to be twice as much. I mean, I laughed. I went to go buy this uh, farm equipment. I went to buy a uh, subsoiler, the one I was telling you that, you know, they have six choices and we really have one and it's not what you want, but whatever. But the girl's like, hey, look, we actually take it back for a year. You can come get your full money back even if you use it. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. And she's like, you can go do your job and then just bring it back. But I laughed because I was like, these are so hard to get, and I've been waiting so long. I am 100% sure that I could put it on Facebook yard sale and sell it for more than I just paid for it brand new today. Right. And that's insane, but it's actually true. I mean, I paid tax and everything. I paid 300 bucks for this subsoiler, and I know if there was one on Facebook yard sale, I could sell it in a day for 350 because I'm watching. I'm always looking, you know, to, hey, how can I get it here? Because I had to drive an hour or whatever to go get it, you know? And the same thing, the tiller I bought for 1500 brand new last year. I could sell it for 1800 to two grand to 1800 in a day. I mean, because I know, because I watch it and I'm always looking. And it's not because I'm buying the cool things. It's because the availability and the scarcity of stuff is so insane right now that, you know, think of things that you need, make sure they're things that are going to hold value and be cool. You know, I don't think people are really fighting for their, you know, Oh, I need a 60 inch TV or whatever. I don't even think that's a thing anymore that people care about, but I mean, that's my point. Nobody's going to, you're not going to turn around and sell that thing because they're going to be like, yeah, whatever. I can just wait for Black Friday and go buy another. Don't buy junk. Buy stuff that has real value and real purpose and is actually going to help get you through things. So that's the way to be prepared. Protect, hide, and secure the stuff that you need and you want. That's how you're going to get through this kind of thing. And be aware that there is a lot of craziness going on. And I'm telling you, a cyber attack, an EMP, that kind of thing, it's going to happen in an instant. You know, it's going to be there. And how many times are we caught off guard? I, I think I told you guys some of the stories about some fox messing with me in the backyard and I don't have a gun on my hip. 
And at the moment, well, I I didn't know I was going to need it then. But you don't know until it's too late. And, you know, and the power will go out. I used to tell this story. I know I've told it three or four times on this podcast over the years of power went out and I had coffee beans and I didn't have a way to grind it. You know, I ended up just chopping it up with a knife and whatever and, and boiling my coffee. But you don't realize until you go through the steps, you know, what you're going to need. And how many times has gas gone up overnight, like 70 cents or something? And it's happened even in the last year or whatever. It'll go up overnight so much. And you're like, shit, I normally have 15 gallons set aside. But, you know, I, I got busy and distracted and now my tank is empty. Or we had on the East Coast... A little while back, some pipeline or something got shut down and we had where you couldn't get gas for four or five days. I don't, I don't know. The details don't really matter. The point is, if you aren't keeping your tank over half full, a lot of people weren't able to get to work. And that's kind of ridiculous and insane where they had to make alternative steps. You know, they're taking gas out of their lawnmower or doing, you know, whatever, but you need to really make sure your preps are in order and that your things are, you know, where you expect them to be. You need to go look at it. You need to go make sure things are, you know, set to go. And that's all I'm saying is step up your prepping, be prepared and be ready for whatever comes. And you have ideas, things you want to talk about, or what do you got? You got one more thing. Kevin's got some excitement for us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Um, <clears throat> Zelensky, uh, pre- uh, Ukraine's president Zelensky has, uh, set a, created an international legion of territorial defense of Ukraine and you can volunteer. And I'm going to tell you how. Now we're talking, this is the highlight here. <clears throat> so requirements are have military, any military experience. Know firsthand how to handle Check. weapons. Check. Confident in military and high-stress situations. Yeah, so-so, <laughs> but I'm going to say check. And you're ready to join right now. Yes. So, here's what, what you do? can do. Contact the, U- the, the Ukrainian embassy in your country. Okay. Pre- step two, prepare your documents. Step three. Interview with the defense attache of the Ukrainian embassy to volunteer for military service. Step four, receive a visa from Ukraine, which is really easy to do right now. Uh, They they got it in the desk drawer right there. They're ready to go. Yeah, Yeah. if you want to go, they're ready to get instruction on travel and assemble your equipment. Now, you're going to be bringing your own equipment. That means guns and bullets and sleeping bags and tents and all that shit that you think you might need. Step six. I'm just sleeping in the dirt. You arrive in Ukraine. Step seven. Sign up at the meeting point of the International Legion upon arrival and start fucking shit up. That's what they say? Just start fucking shit up? Start fucking shit up. So so is it legal for, for a U.S. citizen to go to Ukraine and start fucking shit up? Yes. Slap, tap, and rack? 100% legal. Uh, 50%, now this is a a poll in the United States, 50% of the people in the United States believe you should be allowed to do this. 26% are not sure. 24% say you should not be allowed. And 18%, uh, we'll call them the pussies, believe that no Americans should ever be allowed to, to be involved in any conflict outside of the United States. Yes. Wait, no. Yeah. No, so I can't do what I believe in. Those people are just, they're, they're pussies. That's yeah, no, I, exactly. I, I say no. Now, so <laughs> you're saying people. that now, can I take my thermal scope? Yep. All right. Probably anyway. We don't know. Yeah. Well, you can, I, they, I know according to them, you can bring any of your own shit. They want you to bring your own shit. They want you to bring all, all right. your own stuff. If possible, if not, they'll give you a, a crappy, you know, gun with some crappy ammo. They will, but you know, dude, 
If you got your own stuff, man, bring battlefield it. finds. They, they just go out until you find some. Like uh-huh. find a gun on the ground and just pick it up. <laughs> just go. Just go with it. You just find something. Just wait for somebody to drop and go pick up their shit and just keep going. Now, if you want to. I love uh, this. Now, can I just do like three weeks of leave from work and then go? And can I. Now, my employer does pay me for my uh, volunteer hours. Is there any chance that I can get think, this to count as volunteer hours? I don't see why not. It seems like you're volunteering. I'm going to send up a request. I'm going to send up a request up the uh, the chain at work and see what they say. All right. Um, now, if you have questions about this and you're not really sure, okay. there's a hotline. I'm undecided. Yes. <laughs> so the number is, get your pen ready. The number is 380 now this is a long one because it's it's you're not okay. dialing inside the United States. It's a whole different country, whole All different right. thing. So it's, no, wait, do they speak American? I don't know what you're going to get. I haven't called this number. Okay, but this is the number posted on their website. It's three eight zero eight zero zero five zero seven zero two eight, and you can you can go online right now and uh, and and join up. There's all sorts of uh, there's all sorts of uh, websites and ways to go about it, and um, you're ready to go, man. So let me I let like me it. just look up this website real quick. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, well, yeah, it's it's UkrainianForeignLegion.com. So. Real easy to remember. Go go down there, check it out, and if you're uh, if you're ready to rock and roll, man, they're they're ready to have you. Price is right. The flight's tonight. So if you want to go kick some ass, they're looking for the angry youth. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go be angry, like I said, I'm going to check on the volunteer hours, see what I can put together, see if they want a tired old man. Now, can I be like a general or something? Like how how do I fit in? I, I I think they they are plugging people in wherever wherever they can, and I've seen a wherever lot of uh, U.S. Marines and Special Forces guys have already volunteered or are already in country. In country, all right. So mm-hmm. if you want to maybe skip some of the now they did say military experience, but if you want to step up your badass level, I mean, I feel like this might be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm, I bet you they did appreciate. I mean, as long as I'm paying for the flight, they probably appreciate a little three week stint. Mm-hmm. Um, we put the podcast on hiatus, um, and move in. Maybe, uh, we get some of the, the guys from back in the day to, to do the podcast with you. And I head over and like I said, I can get my company to give me some volunteer hours. I mean, mm-hmm. they were talking we'll about helping out at the food bank, but it might be fighting the war in Ukraine. I don't know. I haven't asked. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I so you can asked. get in on, in on this, man. Get in while the getting's good. Um. Yeah. I so that's uh, that's I all I got for, over this for uh, section of the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're caught up. So if you're ready to go fight, and we definitely want some pictures, I also I'll tell you what. If you guys sign up. I will give for anybody who emails me and says, Hey, I'm going to fight in Ukraine and you got to actually be going. Cause I'm going to want some, some verification at the end here. But if you're going, I will send, I, I don't know. Cause maybe all of you are going, I mean, I know our audience and there's a lot of you, <laughs> yeah, it might, the be, first it, might be all 10, it might be all of them. The first 10 guys that go to Ukraine to fight, I will give you your choice of a don't give them a fucking inch t-shirt or sweatshirt. I will send to you. All you have to do in return is take a picture of you in Ukraine wearing your badass gear and send it back to me after uh, while you're over there. That's all I ask. I'm telling you, the first 10 people, you get a free shirt or sweatshirt, your choice. And I will hook you up, and you just have to send me back a picture of you in the Ukraine kicking ass, not giving them a fucking inch. 
Love so it. that'll be my way of supporting mm-hmm. the uh, the war. Ten people, all right. And if I go, that that counts. I'm going to take my own. So I'm one <laughs> of the ten. If I go, I just got to check with a bit work. We're going to see what happens, and we'll see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. So you have thoughts, concerns. Um, by the way, if you don't want to go to Ukraine and fight, or you know maybe you're fighting your own battles here. You can get your own badass gear at preppingbadass.com. Just saying, that's on the table. Um, you also should be sending us pictures when you're wearing it and send it to uh, email it to us or put it on Facebook at preppingbadass at gmail.com. And the Facebook is the Prepping Badass group, or I think there's a page, Prepping Badass. Um, anyway, with that, Stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me double he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh oh Look at that don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment